0: Cana's in the building. The show goes on, all night. So, morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the sun? Just remember when we come up the
1: show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. After a few weeks off, much-needed few weeks off, I would say, we are back for the 2021 calendar year. Technically, 2021 season started already, but we had the Tournament of Champions, 42 golfers, as it is previous year's winners and due to COVID. It's also the uh, top 30 that made the Tournament of Champions this year, or I believe, yeah, TOC is the final event of the playoffs. So we're going to get 42 golfers this week, and as far as I'm aware at the moment, they're all in the field, so that is great. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at always press DFS. I'm on Twitter at BDN and my co-host once again for another great year of DFS Golf Talk. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man?
0: I'm doing good, dude. It uh seems like it's been longer than what it has. Uh nice layoff, but I, dude, I'm I'm like ready to watch some golf and get back into that whole groove. Um and, and yeah, so how are you?
1: I'm doing well, and I'm with you because we were talking about it in the um, the Junkies uh, group message. Speaking of which, Junkies contest for year five, I believe, starts up this Thursday with the Tournament of Champions. Get in there. It's uh, the original DFS contest. It is a great DFS contest. So uh, just hit up Kevin on Twitter um, or check out the at Junkies contest on Twitter. It has all the goods. Or if you just check, ask us, we'll get it to you, whatever. But uh, come join the fun. It's always a good one in there. But uh, when you guys are talking about the primetime golf, I love this—the Hawaii tour. Like, yep. our high swing. You get home from work or whatever you're doing. You have dinner, or whatever. and You can just watch golf basically till you go to bed. Like yep. it's absolutely. It, I love it. Some people hate it. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah. The only thing I think that they, they could do to make this better is, you know, play play these first couple tournaments and have them ending on Friday. Um, because you're buttoning the football time here, right? Playoff time, so yeah. it, it gives some, it gives people something to do. Like, you know, if you do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's over with on Friday, then they go over to their Island. They play that one. And then they have a little bit more time off coming back over to California. Cause you know, fuck that, that is a flight. Yes. Uh, and, and an adjustment to go from Hawaii time to back to Pacific time. Um, I mean, you guys are what are four or five days behind Eastern time now. So, You know, you just had New Year's. That's good, but you know, it's one of those things. To me, you know, I don't know. I think that would work out pretty well because you know, to be honest, I would pay a lot more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the golf tournament. I would pay a lot more attention if it wasn't during NFL playoffs. You know, I mean, there's some this this weekend for NFL is gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah, two triple headers, awesome football games. Like, whoo, let's let's get cracking. Yeah, but um, now I'm with you. It, it is going to kind of take a back seat, but I guess it's fine because a lot of these guys are kind of tuning up for at least next weekend's full event, full field event, which will help a little bit. But uh, th- this event's more of a. I almost want to call it an exhibition. It's not because there's a lot of money on the line. Right. Uh, there's DFS on the line, but you know, no cut event, 42 golfers. I'll talk about the course preview, but unless you're just playing really bad golf, it is pretty forgiving golf course, yeah. and there should be tons of scoring barring the wind. Uh, so these guys are out there; they're going to be gripping it and ripping it um, if they're allowed to wear shorts. They'd be wearing shorts and sipping my ties half the time if they wanted to. This is the this is the event where you bring your family. to. It's like the Pro Bowl for golf. Right. Like, that's what this is. So it's not that they're not taking it seriously, but it's one of those where you know it's a free money event in theory, and some guys still don't show up. So. so uh, put that into perspective. But um, any other thoughts? Like you said, the layoff, I'm with you. I, I was laughing, looking, like, last Thursday or Friday, I was like, we start next week, don't we? I was looking on my phone, and uh, I was like, man, it felt a lot longer than, like, three weeks. Yeah. It felt like we were off for a long time. So anything else from, uh, you know, the past few weeks of golf? You know, that Tiger's son was uh, just terrorizing golf courses. Mm-hmm. looked eerily, eerily similar. Like, he's going to be beating JT in about 10 years, probably somewhere. Like it, It's crazy.
0: Yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, it's it's been a – I haven't really been paying a whole hell of a lot of attention to golf, but uh, it's been a good break, so I'm ready to hop back into it.
1: Yeah, we're going to hop back in again with Century Tournament of Champions. It's uh, yearly at the Plantation Course at Kapalua. I'll get into the, the course preview shortly, but Jesse will get us with the past of it and history, and there's actually quite a bit at this place.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of, of uh, course history. Uh, obviously played over in Hawaii uh, on Maui, Kapalua uh, Resort. Um, Justin Thomas won his second uh, for a second time here last year in a playoff, uh, 14-under over Patrick Reed and and Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander was the winner uh, in 2019, 23-under, one shot over Gary Woodland. Your 2018 winner was Dustin Johnson, second time he's won this event, 24-under, eight shots over John Rahm. JT won it in 2017. Speeth in 2016. Reed 2015. ZJ Zach Johnson in 2014. DJ 2013. That's pretty much all the relevant shit you need to know. I think I think all those guys except for ZJ and Speeth, yeah, are in the field this week. So
1: yeah, most most of those guys are in the field. It's one of these events that I uh, was heard or read somewhere today that majority of the time you need to have played this place before to win at this event. I think you, you'll get some high finishes. Like last year, Joaquin even finished fifth, which is one of the highest finishes for a first-timer at this course, which seems crazy. Um, we might get more this year because there's actually more first-timers because all these guys actually won. That's the running joke everywhere is Tony Finau's in the event. And so so in, enjoy that one. But um, it is the plantation course at Kapalua. Really awesome golf course. I mentioned it last year and we talked about this. My buddy played it now it'd be almost two years ago. The way he described it, it's like everything you read. It's a lot of blind shots, a lot of elevation changes. That's where they kind of – it's not a tough course, but just knowing like, hey, I'm not going to see the drop-off from the tee shot where the fairway is going to be, but if I hit it here, we're golden. It's easy. It's really – it's a lot easier than it looks from the tee box type situation. It almost has like a peak die feel to it, but it's not a peak die course where it's like a lot of illusions, optical illusions. But um, super wide fairways, super forgiving fairways, uh, large, large, but very slow Bermuda greens. So you can uh, greens and regulations on paper should be easy. Fairways should be easy, but you still have to be able to put it close otherwise you're you're three putting, two putting, three put puttin', and stuff like that. Um it's a par 73, which we don't see every day, 7596 yards. Seems super long, but you get four par 5s cuz of the par 73, but the elevation changes shortens the course quite a bit. Um you have about I think it's three or four par 4s in the back 9 that are below 400 yards. This is where DJ almost holding one on a par four because it was downhill with the wind. Um, that's the biggest The biggest deterrent to this course is if it's windy. I haven't seen the reports yet for this week. But if it's not too windy, you, you, Jesse mentioned a lot of the winners are shooting 20 under par and whatnot because it's basically super wide fairway so you can bomb it and wedge it in. And if you've got a hot putter, you're going to do pretty well on this event. So you don't really have to be – obviously these guys are good, but uh, it definitely favors the big boys at this course. That's why they usually finish – towards the top. With that said, Jesse, what kind of stats are you looking at this week?
0: It's tough because obviously we're, we're on a at least a three- or four-week layoff here for most of these guys, and most of them really haven't played since the Masters. So I weigh course course history uh, quite heavily this week. Um, but also just look at, you know, strokes getting off the tee um, approach. I think off the tee is one of the big things. Driving distance I do think matters here. If you look at a lot of the past winners here, most of them can can hit the ball pretty far. Uh and then use the old gut, the old gut model.
1: Trust me, my gut model is large, it works very, very well. So um that that's always a good one. But yeah, it there's really no uh, past event history, or there is past event, there's no recent form that, that'll make it kind of uh, tough. Most of these guys haven't played since the masters. So um we've we've seen like those that follow like DJ or Paulina on any social media, they've been living it up pretty well. So yeah. um I'm not too worried about that one. Uh, you got JT playing with his father and the father or the family events, not father, son anymore family event that took place. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, but one thing we can look at FanshareSports.com, good friends of the podcast use promo code, always press for 25% off the package of your choice. I didn't use a lot of recent form of course, but I just looked at, you know, past 10 events on Bermuda greens, something we could look at and the top DK scores in this field on Bermuda, the last 10 events on Bermuda web Simpson, and he's averaging 101 points DK scoring. The second place guy's averaging 84. And that's Xander. You have JT, Dustin, Sergio, Scheffler round out the top there. And then if I just did um, last 10 events on like seaside courses, because maybe they played in the wind or whatever to, to, to help there. Leading the way, John Rom, Webb Simpson, JT, Morikawa, DJ, Berger. Scheffler's right behind that, so he kind of popped on both also. Really not a whole lot of other things. like There's rarely a par 73 to compare it to, um, things along those lines. But you can kind of get a feel, like you said, recent form, or some guys that just play really, really well at this golf course, and it's something to uh, maybe maybe circle back to. Also, again, no-cut event, 42 golfers. So it's like in between the final event in the playoffs and the second-to-last event in the playoffs. It's kind of a, an in-between game. Um, one thing we emphasize a lot on this show is do not play cash this week, please. Like it's just don't do it. This is not the week that I'm a big cash proponent. We talk about it a lot. When it's a real event next week, we go, we will, I will talk cash for you this week. Bear down on that one. Um, and then be different. Jesse, you want to like give them a, we talk about it a lot, but maybe there's new listeners or something just real quick. How can they be different in a field like this to kind of differentiate themselves?
0: I mean, the easiest way is to leave at least $500 on the table. Ninety. Um, 90- Probably ninety percent of the lineups will have at least forty nine thousand six hundred dollars used, as far as salary goes. Uh, I mean, that's really the the best way. Just when you, anytime you are in these limited fields, it just really limits how unique you can get. So, um, especially if you are going to play some of these, I mean, some of these guys are going to be fifty percent owned depending on the contest you play. So, just keep that in mind too. But it's okay because obviously if, we'll talk about DJ here in a second. You know, yeah. There's going to be some chalk and there's going to be
1: good chalk. That's for sure. Uh, it's when you get into certain spots. which we'll talk about that, a hey, maybe you know this player and the player A and player B are pretty darn similar. Then take the lower own guy. Like they're going to right. all, they're all going to play four, four, uh, four rounds. So take it there. Also, it, it's obviously we watch golf because we want to see guys win. But we're playing DK. We want DK points, which is different than where they finish all the time. Like we talk about. JT, female Birdie Machines in, in no-cut events. Xander plays great no-cut events. We'll talk about some other guys. Um, is like the king of finishing like 35th, but finishing like 12th in DK scoring, stuff like that. So it's just little things like that. When you look at like past event history, okay, that might make something to be important. But then also um, I wish I wish Fanshare had a – they had a WGC tab, so I almost used that, but like a no-cut event tab. Give me that because I want to see how these guys fare in that, that respect. So if you're listening to FanShare Sports, which I know you do, maybe <laughs> we can add that for the future. That would be pretty darn awesome. But uh, let's get into the DK scoring, and we'll uh, talk more strategy and whatnot when we do this. But you have five guys over $10,000. You have DJ at 11000 obviously player of the year, probably the hottest golfer on the planet before the stop. Uh, JT at 10-7, who won an event during the stop with his father. John Rahm at 10-4. Bryson at 10-2. Speaking of John Rahm, New clubs. He's now Team Callaway, not Team TaylorMade. So keep that in mind. And then Xander Shoffley at ten thousand. And I saw today Jesse that Xander was diagnosed with COVID on the eighteenth of December, and he cleared a test uh, yesterday morning or this morning as Monday is there Sunday or Monday morning to allow him to play this week. So he said all he felt was tired, but nothing else sickness wise. So he should be good to go. But uh, that's another thing to keep in mind. So we've got five guys over ten K. Who are you looking at here?
0: I mean, obviously, Dustin Johnson. His course history is ridiculous: seventh, fourth, first, sixth, tenth, sixth, first. So basically, he's finished inside the top ten four straight years. Uh, I mean, if you really, it's really top tens every time he's played this since 2013. Um, But inside the top ten in those last four years, so he's going to be popular. Um, You know, obviously, he's a Masters champion. He he finished second to Houston Open. Played well at the U.S. Open. I mean, you know that it's Dustin Johnson. What do I really need to go into here? John Rahm, I think is interesting. Um, 10,400 finished 10th here last year, eighth year before and finished second in 2018. Um, Coming off a seventh place finish at the masters has played very well of, of of late, but you know, he is switching to to Callaway clubs. Um, You know, I I don't think he does that at this point without thinking or knowing that his, his game is going to be equal to or better than what they were before. So that doesn't really bother me. Um, it might bother other people. So there might be an, uh, a a bit of a a little bit a little bit of an ownership lag there. Um, I think all these guys are playable. I don't. I wouldn't tell you not to play any of these guys up top here. But those are the two that I'll be I'll be targeting, uh, and and kind of looking at. Uh, basically, you know, some ownership, but maybe potentially some other guys. I'm I, I'm thinking this week. I I, I mean, I'm not going to go heavy at all. Um, I play maybe like. You know a 20 max or something. Um, so maybe a couple single entry, more high dollar, but it's just one of those things where this you get super excited for this event <laughs> and then you have to have like the nuts, or else you are, you know, trying to ming cash and like begging for a par and a birdie. I mean, it's just one of those things. So it's and it's also early in the season, so you got equipment changes, you got you know, guys in different mindsets. They're, they have a fresh mind. You know, it's just one of those things where there's a lot of unknowns, even more so than golf, where there's a billion, trillion, gazillion unknowns every week. So, um, yeah, but DJ and Ron will be the two guys I, I, I'm going to focus on up top here.
1: Yeah, this is, these are also the events where you're feeling great going into Sunday and then you guys no, don't show up on Sunday and you lose everything. Right. So that that's always fun because yeah. it's not like you're six to six going up against four or six. No, so we all have six to six. So right. That's always fun. Um, yeah. And Rom, uh, the thing on Rom, which is always interesting, which usually gets me on him eventually is when he's always priced up with these guys, he seems to get no ownership. Basically. Like you said, like there's something about people just don't want to embrace. let you're Michael Rubelow. You just don't embrace John Rom. It feels like, so right. it, it is interesting. If, uh, if, if he's low owned, you can't, if any of these guys are low owned, you should probably be playing them because they all could win. Um, JT's. A, I, I, I like JT this week, winner last year, third, 22nd, first. So he's won two out of the last four years. A guy that no—he's a no-cut specialist. He's a guy you'll hear the narrative. He wins in small-field events narratives, but um, he loves this course just like DJ. I, I have nothing against DJ. If I can get an ownership advantage with JT over DJ, I'll take it. That's just the way I look at it. But both are both are great plays there. Bryson, I, I won't play, but no one would be shocked if it's a bomb and gouge course. If he figures it out, it wouldn't shock me at all. But I love Xander. I like Xander a lot. Period. If you've listened to the show before. And, you know, runner up here last year he actually lost in a playoff to JT last year. He won the year before. He loves these kind of events. He usually comes in low owned. Um, I've, I I ride them most weeks and I always ride them in no cut events and I'll be riding them again this week. So for me, it's JT and Xander up here, which is kind of fun to start out the year. We are on two different guys in the top two, out of the five. That is fun for the usual where we're always kind of in sync for most of it. So um, it's
0: different for sure.
1: It's definitely different. So I'm going to go JT and Xander up here and maybe that's a good thing. Looking at a lot of people, maybe that'll spread out the ownership. So let's see if we're not the only two kind of moving it around here. Let's go into the nine K range. Now you got Cantley at 98. You got taco tits at, uh, I can't, I can't even read. Is that 98 also? 96. 96. Okay. That's what I thought. 96. Uh, and then he got uh web at 94, Hava 92, Matsuyama at 9,000. So a uh, couple past winners, some good course history here. What do you like in this range?
0: Yeah, just I mean, in case you don't know who Taco Tits is, that's uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Green. Green.
1: <laughs> yes, just follow me on Twitter; you'll know who he is by the end. Of the term. <laughs> Uh
0: I'll start there at 9,800 with with Cantlay. I, I think he's interesting. Um, at that price, finished fourth here last year. Uh, you know, played okay at the Masters. Won the Zozo. Um, so he's kind of in this range where I feel like he might go unnoticed a little bit. Uh, And then Hovland at 92. He's never played here, but come off a third place finish over in Europe at the DP world tour championship. Before that, he won the Mayakoba uh, did not play the masters. Um, So those would be my, my two main squeezes up here in the, in the 9,000 range. Again, another range where, I, f- I feel like you can play everybody. Uh, I would not tell you not to play anybody once again. Um, I mean, this field is loaded. So, I mean, you look at Hideki, fourth, second, third, in his last three appearances here, but hadn't, hadn't played here since 2018. Uh, I think he's playable too, but most people will notice that. And so I, I do expect him to be higher owned. Who you got?
1: Yeah, I'm on Hideki. Uh, fourth, second, and third. Um, I was on him as he finished up last season, uh, the way he was playing so well. And when he, when Hideki likes a course – he likes a course. Like we talked about it when he went to the Masters. Hideki always has one of these top finishes. Boom, he did it again. Like this there's certain places that fit him, and the fact that they're slow greens might help him a lot because it's always his putter that gets him into trouble. I'm hoping it's like other events with Matsuyama. Even if he has course history, people just ignore him, which would be great because Hovland's right there and the female's right below him. So I'm hoping Matsuyama gets ignored. But uh, I will be on Hideki this week. I like the Lake call. I just wanted to mention him also was I don't think he gets any ownership. So it's one of those, if you need to differentiate yourself and you, you want some of the other chalk that you like better, Cantley is not a bad way to do it. It yeah. really is, is not bad at all. So I like that call you made there. And then the other guy is Reed. I think Reed, you know, second, 25th, sixth, second, first in his last five trips here. Um, he's a guy that usually if he's in trouble, it's because he's inaccurate off the tee. This is one of the most forgiving golf courses off the tee that he's going to play. So I guess it's a great uh, a great exposure spot for for Reed as well. So Reed and Matsuyama. Matsuyama is probably my favorite in this range. We'll recap all that later. But uh, Cantley is a good ownership play as well. So I like I like that call quite a bit. Um, 8K range. We got Finau at 89, Morikawa at 88, English 87, Berger 86, Scheffler 85, Smith 84, Neiman 83, Sungjae 82, Adam Scott down to 81, and Abe Anser at 8,000. This is where you can start to differentiate yourself a little bit. Jesse, what do you see in here?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know. There's obviously a lot of playable guys here. I've seen Finau's name a, a bunch of times already. I expect him to be pretty popular. Eighty nine hundred uh, Berger. I, I I like him quite a bit. Eleventh and fourteenth in his two appearances here, which was two thousand eighteen and two thousand seventeen. Um, coming off a twenty third at the Monaco, but did not uh, did not get into the Masters. Um, I, I, I suspect he'll get into this next one. I think he just has to get his golf ranking up, um, and as long as it's top fifty, he'll be into the Masters for the the spring here, which is only three months away. Uh, anyways, Berger uh, eighty six, Neiman eighty three. I know you mentioned him earlier um, with his fifth place finish here last year, and I'm not usually a Neiman guy, so you know I, I don't know if I can jinx him like I do like Xander, for example. But um, uh, you know he's he's played pretty well uh, coming off a of twenty third, Myakka um i don't know he i feel like he just kind of like it's like you go back to like the cj cup which was a no-cut event correct
1: yes yes it was
0: finished sixth um at, at that event uh was it the zozo no-cut too yep. or was you know, yeah 17th there uh you know so it's just one of those things where he just kind of i don't know he doesn't get intimidated um sung jay 8200 man he did so i was looking at sung jay's you know, kind of recent stuff or whatever. He went and played uh, that same European tour event that I was talking about of for course he did. Of I
1: course. mean, <laughs> he couldn't, couldn't take a month off and just enjoy this. The, the, right. The, 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 the,
0: Why <laughs> wouldn't he? So, uh, you know, that was on the third, I guess that, that, that started on the 13th or whatever. So that's three weeks ago, or whatever, finished 14th there. Um, I, I'd sung Jay, you know, I, he's never played here, but I, I think he's fine. And Adam Scott, man, I'm, I'm just going to have to do it. He finished sixth year in 2014, which was his last appearance. I mean, you know, that he's he's not playing enough golf, but he he's he's his pedigree is better than 8100 dollar golfer in this event. So if he can figure it out, um I like him quite a bit, especially in big GPPs.
1: Yeah, Scott's always that GPP guy. I'll, I'll never trust him in cash cuz he doesn't play enough like the, to have that kind of current form that I can trust. Right. But you know for a fact that if he shows like he can show up any week and Pretty much top five or win a tournament, like in, in a heartbeat. So I'm with you. There, like JPP, which is what you want this week. I'm curious about how owned he's going to be because I, I I know we we've mentioned that pretty much every time he plays because he takes like three months off. It feels like you know between every event, but I think people are starting to catch on to that now that he is a pretty good price tag if things all correlate properly. So yeah. I'm curious if because like he definitely stands out as one of the prices in this tournament that. Okay, if he shows up, he's, like, more of a mid-9K guy. Like, it's it, it's a weird deal. So, I'm curious on Scott. Um, I love Finau, but I'm not going to play a chalky Finau. I just can't bring myself to do it. He should destroy this golf course, like, with the wide fairways, the wedge game. This screams Tony Finau could actually contend here this week, like, really should. The only time he played here was in 2017. He finished ninth at 8900 bucks. So he finished ninth. I mean, he DK-wise probably finished, like, fifth, like, it's hard not to play him. It really isn't. So maybe I'll reevaluate and just play a Chalky Fino. But right now, I don't want to play a Chalky Fino. That's why I like Matsuyama, uh, a uh, 100 bucks on top of him. And I think Morikawa 100 below is very interesting. People kind of soured on Morikawa the way he – after he won the uh, won his major, he kind of slowed down a little bit. But he was in that European event as well, finished 10th. I, I forgot to mention Reed was in that event finished 3rd. So these guys have played a little bit. But uh, Morikawa finished 10th over there. He finished 7th here last year in his first time at this event. Talk about a guy that's good off the tee, really good uh, iron play, wedge play. He could be interesting if you get him at low ownership. That's why I think Finau, if he sucks a lot of the ownership out of Matsuyama and Murakawa, you could get some interesting um, plays with those two. Uh, I like the burger at 86. He's still too cheap. We talk about it almost weekly with him, it feels like, unless it's a, mm-hmm. a weaker event where he gets, you know, he's the high guy. He's just too cheap the way he's been playing golf. So I'm um, with you on burger. Um, Neiman, I love at 83, finished the season very well. Uh, Abe, answer. I always like at eight thousand. His first time here, but the guy I wanted to mention, he finished seventeenth here year two years or three years ago, and he won the Sony last year. And if you want a guy that's going to be basically unowned, Cam Smith at eighty four has my attention. Um, a guy that we know can go low. Uh, he can also be tilting, but again, I keep telling myself this course forgiving for the most part. And a guy that uh, he won in Hawaii um, and he plays well on the seaside courses. This is a guy that I think at 8400 bucks can contend here and basically come in at no ownership and really help you when you need some chalk later on. So, uh, Cam Smith at 84 is the guy I wanted to highlight in this range. All right. The 7K range, since it's just not as big as usual, I'll just name all the, the guys off. Here got Camp Champ, Kisner, Sergio, Billy Ho, Munoz, Leishman, Kokrak, Todd, Ortiz, Palmer. I have a feeling we're going to be on a couple of the same guys here. So, uh, who are you like him?
0: Yeah, I start up top with uh, seven hundred. With uh, Cam Champ, this will be his third appearance here, which is crazy to even think about. You know, I, I don't feel like he's been around that long, he's but got two dubs. I know, and so he's he's been in the field now for the third consecutive year. Finished fourteenth last year, eleventh the year before that. Coming off a of nineteenth at the Masters, eighth uh, at the Zozo. So, you know, he's the way he he can hit it. Uh, I like his prospects here. Sergio at seventy seven hundred. Um, he's never played this event.
1: Quite come surprising. The, yeah, he missed the
0: Houston Open. Um, he missed the Masters because of COVID. Is that what? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah. yeah, he got the bid. Uh, so I, I like him though, just from a stats perspective. He just it just sits pretty well on my model. Um, Carlos Ortiz at seventy one hundred. He's never played here either, but uh, did have a win uh, roughly two months ago at, at Houston, eighth place the week after that in Mayakoba. So I think he's fine, too, at 71. Um, Got to give a little bit of a nod to, to Munoz. I, I, I don't know. I mean, two straight miscuts cuts for him. Bet he you did, he makes he, the cut this week, though. Uh, I mean, he's you know 17th, you know, which is basically middle of the pack. Because typically this. You know, the, he, last year he finished 17th, which is basically middle of the pack because typically there's about 30 golfers in this event, roughly 30, 32, give or take, 35, whatever. Um, so it's not a great finish, but 7,500, he, he, I would put him on a GPP t- team or three.
1: Yeah, because he's a birdie machine. Like, that's why we, that's why we right. like him and we usually play him. So, hey, if you're looking for drafting scoring, I'd, I'd love to go back. This is just me needing to look more – 17th in the tournament. I wonder what he finished draft Kings wise. That would be interesting because he'll birdie an Eagle and then he'll double bogey a couple holes. All right. I can tell that you was, how many points he scored. That, that That's always interesting with Sebastian Munoz. But wh- while you're looking that up, um, I like Munoz this week. I love Cam Champ this week. And a big reason, like I talked about bombs, wedge, putt, he can bomb it with the best of them. His wedge plays pretty decent. If he can putt, we're going to be in business. So, I like Champ a lot. And then a guy I love u- using in um, no-cut events, finished 17th here last year as well, is Ryan Palmer because he can have those explosively just destroying you days but also going to shoot 61. Like He's he's that kind of guy in a no-cut event. He's a good salary saver in a no-cut event. So I don't mind Ryan Palmer. Ortiz is interesting. Um, it's a fun range. So I'm, I'm going to be kind of Champ Munoz would be my main two in this range. Uh, did you find anything on uh,
0: Munoz? Yeah, so he, he was 7100 last year. He uh or was it? It's was right there. Uh 7100, 28% owned. But he was coming off like a third place finish at the RSM a month before and he scored 74 and a half points. Yeah,
1: it's not great. In it's a, great. In, a birdie, in a birdie fest, it's not. Right. Not what you want to see, but yeah, the ownership doesn't surprise me cuz remember he won one event and he like finished second and I know, like he was on a, a streak there for a while. Right. So yeah, people loved him. Probably a little lower owned this week, which would be nice. Six uh, K range. I think we're both going to like Lanto below seven K at sixty nine hundred dollars. You have McKenzie Hughes at sixty eight, Kevin Not sixty seven, Sink at sixty six, Thomas sixty five, Laird sixty four, Landry Taylor, Gay Swafford, Streb, warensky So a lot of first timers, a lot of guys that you just surprised to be here. Who do you like in this range?
0: Uh, definitely Lanto. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean he's pretty much only guy I have checked down here. Um, most of these guys are first timers like Michael Thompson has played here before he finished 16th in 2014, coming off a 15th place finish at the, at the Houston open. You know, I mean, he, he should be next to not owned. And I mean, relatively speaking, you know, I'm below 5%, I would imagine. Um, Nick Taylor, 6,200. He played here one time, 2015 finished 29th has not, does not have good form coming in. Swafford, he he hits the ball really far. He played here one time in 2018, finished 27th. And I don't really like a whole heck of a lot of these guys. It it makes it difficult to do like a stars and scrubs type of approach because I'm not a huge fan of these guys. But, you know, one of these guys I would say I would think is going to pop. And, like, you look at Stewie Sink. Played here twice, but it's been a decade. Yeah. And he finished ninth in 2010. So, yeah, I mean, just, like so. Stewie and, and Lonte would be the two guys that I would play for sure down here. Yeah, and Stewie probably comes in little... Lonto's going to be chalky. That's going to oh, suck. Oh, yeah.
1: Because yeah. he shouldn't be $6,900 in this field. He really shouldn't be. Because I've always kind of visualized Lonto and Munoz as kind of the same golfer. Yeah. Like, like either true. pop off or... They, but Munoz is always priced above him. And maybe it's because the ownership. It's almost like, you know, when you look at a sports book, they they put the line out there because they know people are going to pay. Like, it's just kind of how it's going to go. So um, you put Lonto down here, and it's like, we're, all, we're like a moth to a flame here. And that's the part right. that's going to suck. So Stugo will get a break. I think McKenzie Hughes at 68. First time here, but a guy that was playing really well, and it's always this putter that kind of, you know, makes things messy. So if uh, if he gets that putter going at all at 68, he could put up some points for you in this event. So I like Hughes quite a bit. Uh, Marty Laird, if it's windy, that's one thing that's been really nice. You know, he hasn't played since 2014 when he finished 20, or 20th. He finished second in 12 and fourth in 2010. So he's played well when he's been here. He kind of had decent form. Uh, towards the end of the seat. Actually, two missed cuts after his W he had. So $6,400. If it's windy, yes. Otherwise, it's tough. And then if you just want an absolute dart, if you are doing stars and scrubs, I love Richie Orwinski just because if he gets hot, he makes a ton of birdies. A ton of birdies. Um, He can also just not putt at all, and it's very tilting, and he'll be three-putting everywhere and bogeys all over the place. But he's playing four days. If he, like, tricks together a couple rounds with a lot of birdies for $6K – Not going to crush you. Like Jesse mentioned earlier, to win all the monies, you need to have basically the nuts. If you just want to like not men cash but cash okay, Berwinsky shouldn't crush you there if the rest of your guys play well. So just kind of depends on what you want to do there. If you're looking for stars and scrubs, I don't hate the 6K Borwinski call. That basically probably zero ownership. So got to think about there. Let's recap things real quick. Who's your top play in the 10K range?
0: That's DJ.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Xander at 10K. Okay. I'm a big Xander guy. Uh, 9K, who's your top play? Can't lie. Matsuyama for me. Uh, 8K range, go with two guys.
0: Berger and Neiman.
1: I'm going to go with... Uh, I like both of them. I'm going to go more Colin and Cam Smith to be a little different. Um, 7K range, you can go with two if you want.
0: Champ and Ortiz.
1: We'll go Champ and Munoz. I think the Ortiz one's a good one. Uh, I think he's got a lot of... If, like, Munoz is chalky, and think Ortiz is a good pivot for sure. Uh, 6K, who do you like besides Lando? Sink? Uh, it's tough. I go Hughes. Usually in these – that's the crazy part, Jesse, is usually, like, in these WGCs, no-cut events, there's, like, five guys in a 6K range. You're like, okay, I can put them in my lineup. I'm good with that. They really did – I'll give them credit, I guess. They did a good job pricing-wise because if you want to play the big dogs, usually what you can do in no-cut events, you got to take scrubs, and they made it much more challenging this week. yeah. So I'll give them that credit there. So I, I don't remember the price tag, but I feel like I had Ryan Palmer at like $6,300 at one of those events, stuff like that. So they, they made you work for it, at least. I'll give them that. Uh, if you're starting a GPP lineup, give me three guys you're starting with.
0: Uh, I went uh, DJ Lonto and Cam Champ. I went
1: Xander, Matsuyama, and Cam Champ. So it's going to be fun there. I actually made a full lineup earlier that was... Interesting. I don't know how much I love it to win the whole thing, but it was interesting. Um, and then I, I pulled up our good old friends at Bovada. Uh, what kind of odds you like for winning this thing?
0: None of them. Did you see where they uh, they put the, these exactives on there? First, second, in order.
1: Really, I have yeah. not seen if that. If you
0: scroll down, like um, below the uh, just golf odds or whatever they got, these exactas like DJ JT to finish first, second, any order. Interesting. Or in, at, This is actually in order, first, second, in order. I mean, hmm. uh, any order is different, but uh, 40 to one. So that's a, a, a good That, But if, you, if you're looking at like just maybe some longer shot odds here, um, I know you mentioned Cam Smith at 40 to one. I, I don't mind that necessarily. Uh, I mean, these, you know. It is what it is here with these odds. It's just a short field. and I think it's a good week for uh, like grabbing Atlanto, a Munoz, a
1: champ, one of those guys, like a top 10. I think those yeah. are fun. Like something like that. Because, like I said earlier, the cream usually rises to the top here. So there's a good chance. Like if I was going to pick one of the guys up top with OK odds, like Reed at 16 and Matsuyama at 18, I could stomach that just based on our Maracawa at 22. Like uh, those are interesting, but. You know, usually you get twenty-two for a guy that's priced like mid-nine k's or something. So it's just the size of the field, like you're talking about. But you know, champs fifty to one, Munoz one hundred to one, Lanto one hundred to one. Go for a top ten; you can probably get them at least ten to one or something, and see how that goes. And lines are actually moving as we talk. Matsuyama went from twenty-two to twenty, and Fina went from twenty to twenty-two. So things are changing already. That was funny. I've never seen that. Never seen that happen while we've been on air before. But that that was that was interesting.
0: The above are uh, moving lines yeah there's people
1: listening to the show appreciate it you know just keep doing (laughs) keep doing you guys uh yeah harris english just went to 33 went up it was 35 a second ago um all right well that'll wrap us up for our first preview any final thoughts going into the century tournament of champions
0: i don't um you know this is it's a fun event to watch and again like i was talking about earlier but it you can get overly excited about it and so for me, I've learned to temper my expectations on this tournament because it is—it's uh, a bit of a crapshoot more than a normal golf tournament is, which is a crapshoot. Crap <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and like he's a temper temper kind of your exposure. Have fun with it. Um, I was doing the cascade on all the cut events towards the end there. I'll probably just go back to my three <laughs> entries for this and wait until next week's event to go back. To the, I like the cascade. The concept's great. And it's, it really it works when it's like it's, it's a good idea. But I'm gonna probably just go back to three max here, maybe get like a three man core and go that route and kind of kind of fluctuate there. But uh have fun with it. Don't go too crazy because A, long season to go. And B, no cut events can be the biggest roller coaster ride you have out there. <laughs> so right. when you think you're doing great, don't stop. <laughs> it's it's yep. really interesting. But um yeah. Any final thoughts?
0: I do not know uh, other than you know hop into uh, our junkies league. If you, yep. you know, want a little bit of extra action, it's, it's a good time. You know, basically it's a hundred dollars for the whole entire year. We pay out uh, segments. We pay out. Uh, there's a bunch of different segments you can win um, season long. And then it's a free contest every week. So you don't have to pay anything extra on top of that hundred dollars. If you want to just play one lineup every week and you know, that that's it, but yeah, so that's it.
1: No, it's, it's awesome. It's a good point of bringing that back up. It's a great event. We've been in it from the get go. Um, this last year after COVID hit, my teams went to crap year before that. I think I finished like fourth. Like, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jesse's been up there a few times. Uh, Randy's been kicking butt. I think he did really well in football this year. So, uh, there, there's a lot of good stuff there. And then also I wanted to mention, you know, Pat Mayo's doing his one and done. If you want to go check that out, but also, uh, Josh is doing his own, uh, one and done through carbon something or other. I appreciate, I apologize for not knowing that. But that starts next week at the Sony. So if you used to do the one and done we always wrote about, Josh is taking it on his own now with Melinda, and they'll be doing that. So we'll be talking about that next week, of course. And uh, we'll, we'll throughout the season, we'll be doing our one and done picks also with uh, the weekly write-ups. But uh, until then, check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS DFSGolfGuards, the podcast at Always Press DFS. I am Matt Beatty Intric. Hope you guys have a good week, and we'll be back with you next time.
0: The show goes on, on, on man. Till the morning we dream so no long, Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Oh. Just remember when they come up oh. the show.